This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. And what a lovely day. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, husband. Happy Wednesday. How are you? I am well. I am I am good. I'm happy. I am having a nice little bout of peace lately. Mm, what um, does that mean? Inner peace. Um just I mean I'm normally pretty even keel, um, but lately I've been feeling even more so, like calmer, more fulfilled, um, just generally happy. By way of I, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like we have this garden on our uh uh, balcony and I've been loving playing with that and talking to the plants and watering them and the you know dog and the cat have been bringing me even more joy. I wake up to you and I have always felt happy about that, but I just feel I don't know. I just feel really good. Good. That's good to hear. Well, it's nice to be. <laughs> Agreed. It's been um it's been a very interesting past week. There's a lot of um, craziness going on, like in our lives in general. I think the month of August is getting ready to pan out to be quite a hectic month for me. I know, especially I like things that I didn't know was going to happen is now happening. Work is like ramping up and is going to be busy in August. I think we're moving offices, which mm-hmm. is another major thing. My brother's coming to visit in the month of August. Our anniversary is in the month of August. You have a trade show. Well, yeah, that's what I said. Like, I have a trade show. I have that going on. And like, it's just a lot of stuff. It's going to be. And we're just ramping up because it's actually just going to go up from there with weddings and visits and holidays. And yeah. Yeah. No break. How do you keep yourself like, I don't know. You're not a very stressed out person. Like, you don't. No. You don't really give much, I don't know, thought <laughs> to hectic or anything like that. But like. And I'm not necessarily a stressed out person because I don't really stress behind things, but I definitely feel the pressure of like the chaos that's coming. Right. So how do you disconnect from all of that? Like, how do you like just not even associate yourself with any of that? I mean, you kind of have to start at the beginning. Life's not that serious. Like it just isn't. And it's going to kill you. So... (laughs) Just be at peace with that fact. I mean, that's it's bleak, but it's it's true. Like, you're here to learn and grow and have fun, and that should be your top priority. And you have to you have to work, and stressful things happen. But there's clearly things you can control and things that you can't. And when you really take a look at everything that's going on, the only thing you can control is yourself. You can't control how much work has to get done. You can't control how many hours are in a day. You can't control how much things are piled on top of each other. So rather than trying to look at, like, the way that you just um, sort of presented everything, like, there's all these different things going on in August. That's fine. What do you have to do today? And what do you have to do this hour? What do you have to do next? Like, just break it down into smaller, more manageable steps, and then it's not... So big, like, yes, when you finish this task, you have 40 more to go, but just focus on the one task and then focus on the next one task because anybody can handle one thing. Yeah. I Like I said, I'm not a stressed out person. Like, I'm actually a very, like, even keeled person, like, when it comes to all of the the things that have to be done. Like, I'm not a stressed out person, but I am, like, a bigger picker, picture person where, like, I look at, like everything that has to be taken care of. And I try to figure out the ways to like 
accomplish it all right and like small pieces and like make sure that it gets accomplished so i'm not i'm not a stressor but i am like a i am an overwhelmed -er, if that makes sense (laughs) yeah like where like i like i am the person that's like oh crap like i have i have this i have that i have this i have that i have this i have that and then after that i have to make sure that this and that and this and that get done as well like i am the person that's like going through and thinking about all those things again not stressed out behind it because I, I i really don't stress out behind things but i am like a please leave me alone because i have to take care of all of this stuff and get all that taken care of so um it just like i said it's just kind of but again you're kind of like the complete opposite where you're just kind of like well well i don't i guess it'll get done <laughs> kind of thing like that and like i mean i don't i don't think i'm a, i guess it'll get done i'm just a, okay this is what i'm gonna do now and it gets done and it's fine and it just doesn't bother me like that's the thing that has to happen and sometimes maybe you have to work a little late to do it or you have to sort of prioritize rosé to make it work (laughs) um but i also think self-care is really key and i've and i've said this about you before you're not good at self-care not at all you know and if you even just took a one minute break every hour and just focused on your breathing or didn't look at a computer screen or like asked your body where it's feeling stressed and try to concentrate on imagining the stress being released from that part of your body. Like, I think that would do wonders for you. Well, I do. So what's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that is because I do, I actually do that a lot. So Mm. the thing I love about my Apple watch is that there's like two different apps where like there's two different notifications that come on my watch. One tells me when to breathe. Mm. And then another one tells me like, it's time to like stand up. Do you actually do it though? I do. That's good. I actually do. That's Um, good. The breathe one, I'm not as consistently good at, but like it'll notify me to breathe and I will stop myself. Like I don't partake in like the app and like do the like full minute breathing exercise but i will like notice that i need to breathe and like i'll walk out in the hall where the air is a little bit like cleaner Mm. and stuff like that like so it's not like a stuffy as in our office or um i will like stop everything that i'm doing and like close my eyes for a few seconds and then like reopen them and then like kind of reset the stand-up one i'm really good at like everyone in the office laughs at me because i like stand up and like i'll stretch and like of course my knees and hips and feet and all that stuff like that pop um and so i do that i do make sure that happens but i'm very actually pretty consistent with all of that so i do a good job with doing it i'm just like like i said i'm not a stressor i'm just kind of like a my eyes get big and i think about all the things that have to get done that sounds like stress to me yeah <laughs> It's not stress because I'm not like a like I'm not like a panicker. Like I don't panic or I don't no. do any of that stuff. But I am very much like, yep, all this stuff has to get done, and I just have to. Because for me, I like to see what needs to be taken care of, so I can like manage, map it out. I can map it out. Mm-hmm. I can manage like my like how I'm gonna like dive into all of it. I like I need to just know. Like I need to know what's going on so that I can figure all that out. But and I would say that you and I the thing we do have in common is when you squeeze us we focus. Some sure. people you squeeze them and they pop. Yeah. You squeeze us and we focus. Yeah. And I think that that's just I'm sort very of what you gelotinous. do. It's <laughs> 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 kind of fun. Um, what do you say we hop right into our hashtag gay relationship goals? Let's do it. All right. As a reminder, y'all, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. 
Um, if you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like uh, to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Uh, I'm sorry, at pod relationship with a T, y'all. Um, Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the show. We are highlighting a couple that I've got to admit has um, foiled me. Your Google Ninja skills have failed. I'm like not very happy about it, but at the same time, I like them so much that I want to make sure to give them some love. Uh, but I'm a little annoyed because I couldn't get as much information. I couldn't stalk them well enough to get as much information <laughs> as I normally do. Um, so I'm really excited. This couple is absolutely adorable. They are actually a recent follow of mine on the relationship uh, Instagram page. Um, it's this adorable couple. Their names are C and O. I know that the O stands for Owen. The C is, you know, evading me, which is driving me crazy because I'm going to call him Chris, but I'm not <laughs> sure that that's what his name is. Um, but that's just my guess. Anyways, um, but you can follow them on Instagram, Wandering Pandas, P-A-N-D-A-Z. It's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, of course, I'm a huge fan, and I think I've said this before about... Well, wait, isn't just one of them wandering pandas? Well, I'm not done. Mm. I'm not done. But I've said this before, that you guys know that I'm, like, a huge fan of interracial couples. Um, they're probably my favorite thing in the world. Um, and usually interracial couples consist of, you know, a black person and a white person, right? Not usually, well, but that's one. <laughs> I was going to say consistently, like that's kind of what you end up mainly seeing. So I was super fascinated by this interracial couple because it's a black and an Asian person, hmm. which is like very intriguing and incredibly adorable to me. Um, so the C in CNO <laughs> is um, Wandering Pandas on Instagram. Um, adorable. I love, I, I first started following him and then came to the realization that his husband is on here as well. Um, but I love their profile. I'm also a huge fan of couples that look like they have these amazing adventures together, right? Oh yeah, and they definitely do. And I feel like all of the couples that we've like highlighted in some capacity, there's these fantastic trips to Phuket or, <laughs> you know, like all over the place, like all over the world or, you know, they're in Amsterdam and they're in Brazil and things like that. They're doing these fascinating things and I love this couple and all of their adventures. Um, the husband, whose name is Owen, you guys can follow him on Instagram as well. I'm not going to butcher his last name because I am very capable of doing that. <laughs> um, but Owen, last name is D-E-S-P-A-G-N-E. Um, and that is spelled out on Instagram, but I love the two of them. I mean, they are like culinary chefs with one another. The cooking is very cute. Oh my God. They cook like the best meals that I just want to be invited over to like partake in. Like, well, don't they live like right near your uncle? They do. They actually live in Maryland. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're like based out of DC, which is fantastic. We might be down there for the holidays. Y'all just saying. No, it's really great. Um, and then, and again, like I said, they have these like fantastic adventures together. But one of the other things that I just love so much is that like on their Instagram accounts, like they post pictures of one another and every tag is like my sexy husband i love him so much look at how amazing my husband is isn't he adorable y'all like just all of these like really really cute like 
posts and like just so much adoration for one mm-hmm. another. And I just love seeing that. I love seeing healthy, loving, um, I don't know, just like very like just, uh, I don't know, just sweet relationships, especially within the gay community. You know, I've said this before, you know, I, I think society, mainstream media would have us believe that gay people are depressed or sick in the head or incapable of love and like not able to like have like a very loving and rewarding relationship with one another. So I think that it's kind of been ingrained in society's brain to think that there's no way that a love between two men or two women could exist in the same way that a man and a woman love one another. Mm. Um, and so when I see that, you know, a couple like th- like this couple right here love each other so much that like they post pictures of one another on their pages and they talk about how sexy or how much they miss each other or how sweet they are, how much they love each other. Or I, like, it just makes my heart smile, mm-hmm. you know, because like, I th- again, I just think that gay couples are the real deal. I think about um, that episode that we had with the guys from Fried Bologna mm-hmm. and how my uh, my brother said, hey, newsflash gay couples are just like other couples, (laughs) you know, like it's just really amazing to see. Um, and I just adore these guys so much. I think that they are every bit inspirational, you know, to the gay narrative. Right. And I always have a special place in my heart for people who love pug dogs. (laughs) Adorable. So they're parents by, so they, as Tony said, they have, um, a dog named Momo. Um, they have a kitty cat named Princess and then another one named Tuxedo, which I just think is incredible. Cute. <laughs> you know, we are we are parents as well. We have our baby boy, Halo, who is the dog. And then we have um, our kitty cat, Diesel, who was uh, Diesel was my baggage. I brought him into the marriage and um, he quickly became Tony's child. That's my cat. Yeah, which is hysterical. He don't even like you no more. <laughs> he likes me. He just likes me when you're not around. <laughs> um, so I just love it. You know, so like I said, they're, they're, you know, parents to animals. And then they're just loving and sweet and amazing to one another. And I'm just such a fan. Um, they also won me over because on Owen's page, he um, took a picture about uh, with Sprinkles Cupcakes which mm-hmm. we all know is my favorite cupcake <laughs> in the entire world. So much so that they were our quote unquote wedding cake during our wedding reception. Um, we'd got all of, we had like, I think it was something crazy, like 75 sprinkles cup. No, we had way more than that. No, it was over a hundred. Like, yeah. I think it was like 200 and some it was, cup- it was a lot. Yeah. We had a lot of sprinkles yeah. cupcakes. Cut that check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I think they literally make the best sprinkles cupcakes. They're delicious. But Owen definitely had a post with sprinkles. Cupcakes mm, I on saw him. it. Yeah. And I was like, and I immediately recognized what cupcakes they were. I was like, I'm in love with this couple. I'm in love with their stomachs and what they <laughs> <laughs> what they like to put into them. So they are definitely going to be our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. So um, if you guys are interested in, um, I don't know, following and learning more about the guys, please visit them on Instagram. Um, again, see quote unquote Chris, as I've named him. <laughs> um, he is wandering pandas, P-A-N-D-A-Z. And then his husband is Owen, D-E-S-P-A-G-N-E. And that is on Instagram as well. Um, please check them out. Follow them. Tell them the Critelli sent you. 
Um, you guys keep on being as adorable as you are. Um, we love it, and we love seeing this kind of love. And maybe we'll see you at the the holiday party. Sure. <laughs> oh, totally. I forgot we're doing that this year. Oh my yeah. god, we have to think. We about. we might be there. We There's have, another thing we have to do. We have some plans. So we to might make. be there. So if you guys hear this, you know, maybe we'll meet. Totes. All right, and I that was a special. Um, abbreviation of a word for uh, a good friend of ours who hates when people do that (laughs) you know who i'm talking to miguel Uh Um, (laughs) all right y'all we are going to take a short break and when we get back we are going to try to solve the world problems critelli style ta-ta for now if you live in the new york city area and are looking for more relationship content Please join us for our monthly group meeting where we will discuss relationship topics with like-minded couples and singles within the community. Go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. That's shit with an exclamation point, not an I. Monthly meeting dates and various social activities will be posted on the page. This group will give you an opportunity to be a part of a larger dialogue focusing on important relationship topics and will help you to connect and have fun with others within our community. Again, go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting. And we are back. <laughs> Marco just loves that that's my pad line. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do it differently, but, you know, no surprises there. I'm a creature of habit. What I can I say? I <laughs> So this week's topic, um, the, the song title is Let Me Upgrade Ya. Hey, <laughs> a little Beyonce for that ass. <laughs> Shocker. I wonder how many times she's going to show up. Um, I need her to be a special guest on the episode and then we'll be good. Oh, that would be incredible. Uh, uh, I don't know if I would be able to speak the entire time. No, sure. no, you wouldn't. I would be crying. Probably. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the topic is uh, talking about um, the things that your partner brings to the relationship that improves your lives overall. Or upgraded. Exactly. Hence the title. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think our listeners are smart enough to have made that connection. I'm glad. <laughs> I believe in you. Oh, dear. So um, I guess I'll start. Sure. Um, so how has Marco upgraded my life slash our life and relationship. Um, so some surface stuff that I still think is very important. Um, the appointment of our apartment and the layout of it. I was always a very functional, let's just say it, little frat boy. Um, and it was, you know, found furniture or cheap furniture and slap it together. However, it goes donated furniture, donated furniture. Yeah. You know, lots of, um, comic book and video game and just broish stuff all over. Um, very functional, but not very form. Um, and so now we have furniture that matches and color themes and schemes and things are updated regularly. And There's pillows on the couch. Yeah, I still don't know why those are there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're pillows, but you can't use them as pillows for your head. Well, not with your sweaty head, no. <laughs> it's just like the towels in the bathroom that are not hand towels. They're decorative. Then why decorate with towels? Decorate with there anything is else. a hand towel to dry your hands <laughs> Yeah, with. no, decorate it's with something different. else. No, there's no such thing as a decorative towel. Yes, there is. No, That's no. literally a category no, it's a towel. in shopping places. No, no like, it's a towel. That's it. Why would you decorate? Like, anyway, doesn't matter. 
<laughs> you still don't get it. You don't put a spice rack on display and say, no, 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 don't cook with that. It's just for decoration. There's a lot of people who do that, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dying. I'm dying. So, as you can see, I, I did not bring that to this relationship. No. Um, the thing that everyone said at our wedding, which I thought was hysterical because it was completely unplanned, but everyone said it, was how you even have... Even your father. Even my father. How you have upgraded the same um, presentation in my physical appearance, right? So, you know, I'm regularly coiffed and wearing clothes without holes in them that match and are modern, um, which, again, was not uh, my thing. You've often described how we met and what I looked like then. And it was kind of like a Q-tip on a beach. <laughs> a Q-tip on a beach? That's how I think of it. <laughs> a Q-tip. I think of it more like a, a troll doll on a beach. Oh, stop. <laughs> hair standing on top of it, your head and b- barely any clothes because troll dolls don't wear any clothes. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was very interesting. Flip-flops and shorts and a tank top are clothes. <laughs> They're not clothes. They are. They're just not nice. Um... You know, something else that I have shared uh, on this podcast many times is that you. one of the things you bring is you are my biggest cheerleader. Mm. You're also my biggest fan. Um, and while I've never really struggled with, like, meeting my basic needs, you have really um, sort of pushed me to go further um, and... Um, like, you always want the best for me, and when something happens that's not the best for me, you are, like, on the attack. Like, you're ready to pounce. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can honestly say I don't know, besides my, uh, my mother, I don't know anyone who's ever told me I deserve better. Um, not that people have told me I'm worthless or anything, but just, you know, that's, for whatever reason, it's not something that has come up a lot, is that I deserve more or better. Um, and you are constantly talking about that. Well, and, and I mean, just to give kind of some background and a perspective, but like you are, and I mean, zero shade and or offense to this, but you are a very complacent human being. Like you are very, like you're very good with like attaining the minimum of, of things like attaining what it is that you set out to attain and then just kind of being good with staying in that scenario forever like there's not necessarily like a a desire to like move to the left or to the right homeostasis yeah and so or homostasis (laughs) especially regarding you yes um yeah so um you know so for me I, i like try to encourage you to like want more for yourself like want more like you know you're very very talented in your work and things like that. So there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Like there's nothing want, more, wrong with wanting to be like the boss of the position that you're working right now. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, give yourself more, do more, like challenge yourself beyond that because you're so brilliant that the challenges of like your day-to-day type things doesn't necessarily um it doesn't make like it's never maintained right like it's not like one of those things that like stays forever like you're kind of like i've done everything that i could do and i'm really good at it so i'm like bored right now right so i always want you to like challenge yourself to do more because i know that you could literally give yourself the opportunity to like put a little bit more on your plate and knock that out of the park too and then put even a little bit more on top of that and then knock that out of the park as well. So, like, I always want just for you to, like, 
I don't know, challenge yourself and, and give yourself the opportunity to like shine in other forms. You know, it's it's interesting. I don't I don't find myself to be complacent, but I definitely like when I find my lane, I'm quite content. Mm. Um, so complacent isn't the word I would use. Content, I think, because. So, like, for example, at work, like, I actually do actively seek out, like, lots of new and challenging things and try to take on new jobs. And it seems like every role I take on, like, there's some something missing from it, like a person who is good at whatever. And I'm not necessarily good at that, but because I see it missing, I learn to do that. Um, so, like, right now, my uh, job, which I absolutely love... Um, you know, I'm doing things around quality and around like evidence based, like data driven stuff that I've never done before. Like I've always just been like, I'm in social work and I've always been, um, like into like helping the client and, um, you know, looking at their trauma and looking at their history and like, you know, trying to build up their experience, their own recovery, their own, um, fortitude, Um, And this position I have really moved into, again, just that quality stuff. Like I'm developing all these like, you know, not to get super geeky, but it's all these like, you know, nested formulas where I'm looking at like data across like, you know, years and trending things and looking at efficiency and I'm becoming, um, you know, more and more of a quality person. And I never knew anything about that stuff and had any history with it. So I say all that to say like I, I... feel like I move in that direction. Um, but I'm totally happy to come home and eat the same food every day. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're, I'm very, content. you're good at what you do. Like, you're very good at what you do, and there's no denying that. Like, and I tell you all the time that there's an aspect of you that reminds me of my father. Like, you mm. guys are very good at what you do. You're very hard workers. You don't half-ass do anything. Oh, God, like, no. Anything that you go into anything doing. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. Exactly. So you go into it with all of the effort, but you don't go into it with the hopes to go beyond it. Oh, no. You go into it with the hopes of just being very, very good. And there's a difference. And I don't know that everybody's wired the same way. And I, and to be completely honest with you, I don't know that this relationship would have worked out if we were both um, hungry, like, you know, people and doing these things. Because I, I, I feel like there has to be some sort of balance between it. Mm. But you don't do it. And then after a certain period of time, sit back and go to your boss and say, hey, let's talk about all of the performance things that I have accomplished over the past X amount of months and or YZ and like and what that means moving forward and what I expect from you by way of like progression in my Oh no, no, you don't do that. But I believe you don't do that. But I sit literally with my boss on like a bi weekly basis and say, What do I need to do to get into your position? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get myself there? Because I like what I'm doing right now, but I'm a little bored, not bored, because I'm not bored with my job. My job is very, very exciting and and I love what I'm doing, but like, I need more. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to feel you want to be challenged. Like, I want to do more and like give more to the situation, and I'm always there. But I don't, you don't do that. Like, there's not, that's not necessarily your goal. That's not the thing that you like are seeking or if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely not. I have always said that the, the field that I'm in, it's too important to have your ego in it. Um, and so there's been lots of times where I've been the boss, 
Um, and there's been lots of times where I'm not the boss. And I really don't care. Um, and I've said that many times because often I will go into a position that appears to be a step back from my current position, right? So I'll be a supervisor and they'll be like, well, wait a minute, now you're not you know, being the super, I'll be a, you know, director or assistant director, whatever. And, and I'll say, well, no, like I'm just want to do the work. Like I want to, like you were saying, I don't do it to progress or, and I, and I would say, I don't even do it to be good at it. I do it to be of service. Like I have, Mm -hmm. since I started in this field, I, I just love that I can pay my bills and maintain my lifestyle by helping people. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And it's all I need. And for you, and you said a key word there, which is just maintain. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good at just maintaining mm-hmm. it. You're not necessarily good at growing it. Like, if that makes it, like, that's not your goal. I it's won't say that goal. you're not good at it's it. It's not my goal. I could do it if not- I wanted to. If I wanted to push all the right buttons and, you know, progress and make the political context and move up the ladder and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I could totally do that, but... That's, that's not, not what I'm there for. Yeah. Like, if that's what I was there for, I would be in a different field. Well, and see, for me, I just feel, I mean, I, we're getting slightly off base but or off topic. But for me, I just feel like you could do what you're doing at a grander scale and make more of an impact from a higher position. And that's the only reason why I want to, I think that you could afford to progress those things so much to your point or much what you're saying like yes i do stand back and i cheer you on and i say you need to go in there and tell them that this is what you need out of the situation and this is how you're going to do it because you deserve it and you're that good and you should be recognized for all of these positions and in this situation because you are amazing within what it is that you're doing so um, I do. I do cheerlead you on because I, I do think that you deserve, you sincerely deserve. And I appreciate that. I do. So um, some other things I think you bring uh, to the relationship. So I um, I tend to be very dense uh, in everything that I do. Not not dense like I'm a dense person. Marco, Marco made a face. Y'all can't see it, but he made a face. I'm not dense like thick in, well, I am thick in the head, but I, <laughs> I am say, thick at it. Please. Uh, but what I mean is I tend to be super dense. So like I will read an epic, right? I will uh, dive into a story that has 400 years worth of time and 17 houses in the story. Like Shakespeare is not a problem for me. That's a That's a normal read. You know, I like dense stuff. I like things that you have to pull apart and get sucked into and pay a lot of attention to. And please don't you or anyone take this the wrong way, but you have really introduced me to the joy of less dense things. So like stuff that can just be fun and entertaining and light and doesn't have to be so serious or so involved, you know, things that are just, uh, accessible, right. And, um, um, and it's it's everything. It's it's the shows. It's the music. It's the the outings. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be. You know, I'm the guy who always like researches something to death before I put my toe in the water. Mm. Um, and you've taught me to just like get on the boat and start like going. Um, and I really appreciate that because I do tend to take things a little too seriously. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even that I think that you take things so seriously because I. Because I actually think that you are v- the very lighthearted part of our relationship. Because I think I take things very seriously. Like, I, but I feel like you don't know. I don't know. There's just the spirit about you that just that you just choose not to um, care. Like, like you, you, like if it doesn't fit within 
what you deem important to pay attention to, then it just doesn't exist for you. And every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, but like, I feel like we as people are multifaceted, right? I can care about what's going on by way of our ecosystem. And then I could care about what Jennifer Lopez wore on the red carpet at the same time, (laughs) right? Like I could care about all those things and like be able to do that. And I feel like there's this focus on you where you're like, it's this one thing at this one time. Like I don't have the ability to like look at all of it. And so I try to give you the opportunity to say, no, like you can be video games and you could be, you know, social consciousness and you could also be about cooking. Like you can do all of those things at, at one time. Like it's, mm. it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite thing that you bring uh, to this relationship is our friendship. It's, mm. you know, one of the longest friendships I've had. It's the best friendship I've ever had. Um, and I, and I, recognize and really appreciate that you and i have tons of fun together we're always discovering new ways to enjoy our lives together um you know it's it's interesting um i'm sure we make a lot of people uncomfortable with how we talk to each other because (laughs) we talk like friends and so i will harass you and you will harass me and i'll call you out on stuff and you'll call me out on stuff and i'm sure there are people who walk away and they're like are they fighting? Do they like each other? Are they other? okay? <laughs> but I just really enjoy giving you shit. <laughs> as well as receiving it. <laughs> um, another thing that I really appreciate that I feel like has been upgraded as a result of our being together is um, hosting. I've always enjoyed hosting. Um, you've brought it to a new level. It's much more frequent now. It's much more put together. We've had some very nice uh, parties uh, with like multiple uh, dishes throughout the the evening. Um, you know, we had the the New Year's where everyone had to dress up, uh, and kudos to the people who actually did dress up. And next year, the people who didn't won't get to come. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, they don't live here anymore. Anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, But um, no, I just love that. Like, I always enjoyed having people over and like we have a signature drink and we laugh and talk all night or we play a game and, you know, everybody just sort of has a good time or we're watching a a movie and then we're discussing it. Like, I've always enjoyed that. And one of the first things you and I started doing as a couple was hosting dinners. Um, And then we would play board games after. And I just really, I really enjoy that. It's probably still my favorite part about our life. Um, is that, um, you know, this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. Um, you know, and that's, that's the truth. This was your idea. This was your dream. Um, and I think it's great because I, the part I like about it, I mean, it's a project we get to do together and I really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, and I, you know, I always like hearing what you have to say about different things. Um, but I also enjoy like the the socially responsible part of it. I think it's important. I think it's a good dialogue, um, and I enjoy that. Um, and then two player video games. <laughs> you brought that to this relationship. All my games were always one player. If they were two player, they just happened to be, because uh, I always thought that video games were a one player sport. And now 
the majority of the time when I look at getting a game, the first thing I look at is whether it's two player or not because I like playing games with you. It's oh, well, that's very sweet. I think I've I don't know if I've ever talked about that here on the show, but I was talking about the fact that when um or I've talked about the fact that uh, when I was younger, my brother and I, who my brother is like eighteen months younger than I am, so we're very 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 close in age, and you know we grew up. We were like he was my very first best friend. Like I'm very close to my brother. We talk on a daily basis. Um. But uh, growing up, we weren't allowed to have one-player games. Like, everything that we had to do had to have the ability for both of us to play, to, like, participate together. My dad just never wanted to create an environment in which we alienated one another. Mm. We were supposed to be close together and do everything. That's why, like, everything that we essentially did until, I would say probably until, like, high school is when we actually started veering off into our own likes and dislikes but like we were always like i played basketball you know and i was good at basketball but like i essentially played basketball just to participate and hang out with my brother like you know it was just an opportunity for us to be able to have that um and that's exactly what ended up happening during that like do something but everything we did like we played games together we participated in life together that was just always our thing so um I don't know. I, that was, and so when I got into this relationship with you, I was like, I like that you play video games. It's fine. I don't mind playing video games. I just don't play video games by myself. I want to play video games together. I want us to be able to do this as a couple because you alienating yourself from me, you like not participating or being a part of anything that I have going on. It's just not fun. Mm. It's just not fun. Like, so I don't understand why you would want to do that. That was very, those were kind. Very, very nice. I appreciate you recognizing all of that. Mm-hmm. Did I leave anything out? I I don't know. Did you? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would be able to comment on what I've brought to you. I think I've, I mean, I think I've brought a sense of fun. Oh, look, you figured it out. No. <laughs> but it's like the same thing that I would say to you. Like, I think that, you, like, I've brought a sense of fun and lightheartedness that, like doesn't necessarily always exist to you like I've or for you I think I've given you the ability to like be a little bit more flexible and spur of the moment and have a good time like I think I've taught you that I think I've taught you um I don't know I think I've taught you the value of of investing in yourself hmm like making sure that you give to you and like have a good time with you first you know i think that you by nature you are so used to being minimal and and just not caring and worrying about any of the other stuff but you know there are things that you want there are things that it's okay to desire like and have things like and want things because what is it all for if we're not able to spend money you know and do things right so sometimes you can buy amiibos because that's what you want or you know buy a a sword and shield that's from the legend of Zelda. Like, you know, like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's okay to have that stuff and like, just do that thing, those things and work hard for it and go on a really fantastic fun trip to Punta Cana because like you worked hard all year and that's what you want to give back to yourself. So I would like to think that I gave that to you, but I think you would have come upon it yourself eventually. I don't know. I don't know that I would have. But you definitely, yeah, you're right. You definitely brought that. I didn't have a passport before you. Mm. So. Interesting. There it is. 
Whoop. <laughs> Whoop indeed. <laughs> and you? Um, there's a lot. Or I, I mean, guess and me. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot that you, I mean, there's a lot that you've given me. There's a lot that I feel like you've upgraded. Again, I, you know, when I met you, I was 25 years old and I was very irresponsible by way of like money and like my actual responsibilities. Like things got paid for when I felt like they needed to be paid for, <laughs> you know, I was busy working on my wardrobe and not necessarily making sure that my cable bill was paid for, you know? Um, because I wasn't at home to watch cable. So why the hell would I worry about that? Like, you know, um, but you taught me like a sense of responsibility and like worrying about that stuff. So I always make sure now that I'm like, I don't even pay the bills, but I always check in with you to make sure that the bills have been paid. Um, which is a step up, (laughs) you know, from Mm -hmm. everything, because I never worried about that stuff before. Um, rent was always the one thing that I made sure was taken care of or, within reason um but you taught me like how important that stuff is and budgeting and making sure that that was good so i really appreciate that because now i know how to like take care of what needs to be taken care of and then have extra to have fun Mm -hmm. so that's good um i've said it before there's a lightheartedness to you that didn't exist for me as social and as fun as i am i do find that i am very tightly wound Um, and you have allowed me the opportunity to just like let loose and be comfortable and have a really good time. And I do appreciate that. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, and that's fun. Um, I think that you've given me a sense of self-confidence that I never, it's not that I didn't know it existed, but that I never believed if that makes any sense, like Mm. how complimentary and how like, it's going to sound very vain and, but I I don't mean that, but I don't mean it that way, but you know, like the way that you like compliment and look at me and believe in me and like, you know, you say, you know, my husband is hot and all of the stuff like that, like my husband is hot really just makes me feel good about myself. Um, and not that I need like, you know, a cosign on like my looks or anything like that. Cause that's not what I'm searching for. Like I'm fine. I'm comfortable in my own skin, but there is a sense of like feeling that like that to know that you still feel that way or to know that like you really believe that is just really lovely. Mm. It's just really nice. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. So there's that. That's like really good. Um, I think that you, Give me a sense of security. I've never once felt as though I could literally wholly trust somebody. Mm. Um, And you've given me that, um, which is great. So I'm like a lot more willing to kind of like let go and and let happen by way of people. Um, So that's fantastic. Um, You've taught me a lot of patience. Um, not because I believe you're a patient person, (laughs) but you, um, I've always said, I think it was 2016 was my year lesson of, um, or I think it may have been 2015, but it was my lesson of, uh, learning and accepting the fact that people do things differently and what that looks like. Um, So being with you has just taught me that there are different perspectives and ways that people go about 
some of the same things. And that it doesn't mean that it's wrong if you're doing it a different way. It just means that it's the way that they see things. And instead, you should figure out how to merge the differences as opposed to finger point and blame slash accuse. Or discount or dismiss. Correct. Yeah, you you had a hard time with that. Yeah, just because, I mean, I grew up, I, I mean, I've always said this, like I've grown up from a family of very strong opinions and beliefs about things, right? There's mm-hmm. one way to fold the towel. There's one way to wash dishes. There's one way to do this. And it's the way that the family taught us. And and I'm not saying that my mom and dad are wrong because I still feel that way about a lot of things. My mom and dad were very, very good at teaching me what I like to believe were life lessons, right? They were super useful, concrete skills for yeah, sure. They for were, sure. I think I, if there's one thing that I will not one thing, cause I could give my mom and dad a hundred compliments about the ways that they parented. But, um, if there's one thing that I really love that I got from my mom and dad is that they taught me how to function in mm-hmm. my real life. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to clean. I know how to wash dishes. I know how to wash my own clothes. I know how to like make sure that I'm not living in filth. Like they taught me like a lot of really great life skills, um, which is fantastic. Um, but being with you and learning that you saw things differently was a hard, it was a very difficult pill. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? You don't clean your bathroom on a weekly basis. Like, what do you, what do you, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Like, it, it was just a very challenging thing for me. And so, or that I didn't use enough cleaning products. Correct. Cause you were like, Oh, just soap. And I'm like, no, but there's toilet bowl cleaner. <laughs> yeah, no, all purpose bleach based cleaner. That's it's all purpose. And I'm like, no, just, just a little bit more that needs to go into it. No, it's literally in the title. All purpose. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, so those things happened and and it was challenging at first, right? You know, and um but you taught me patience. Like you taught me that like, okay, he sees and does things a little bit differently. So that means that I need to be able to find out where those two things meet in the middle. And that's how we agree. So that's where we came up with the, like you go grocery shopping, I clean the house or apartment um, and like take care of that and make sure that that takes, like make sure that that happens. And so um, I would say patience because again, it was really, really difficult for me to like, uh, to understand you initially Mm -hmm. because i was like you're a psycho if you don't think that (laughs) you're supposed to dust (laughs) like who doesn't dust like like that's just so bizarre um and you you i i had to i had to learn i had to learn for a while so there's a lot i feel like there's a, a ton that i've learned by way of you i think that there are a lot of things that you've shown me um ways that you've shown me that I need to just like chill or um, have a little bit more fun or like budget for and plan thoroughly um, that I am super appreciative of. Do you think that that's normal in relationships? Do you think that couples regularly recognize that that's something that they need to do? Like they, do you think that they take every opportunity as a learning experience? Oh, I don't think, human beings in general are super great at that. I think it takes work to, to be like that, to, to recognize something, to take an opportunity, like no matter what you're talking about, I think that's a challenge for human beings. Why do you think that is though? 
I don't know. We like being right, right? I don't, that's part of it. Ego, definitely. Uh, fear uh, is another piece of it. Um, you know, if I if I need this, that means I'm less than or. Um, you know, my way is the right way because if it isn't, oh my God, what does everything mean? Like there's, there's lots of, there's lots of reasons. Um, I, I think for me, the biggest reason is people forget how to have fun doing that. Like one of my favorite things to do is laugh at myself. Like I just really enjoy it. I'm like, you dummy. Like, I can't believe you just did that. Are you serious? And I'll like, sometimes I'll even look at myself in the mirror and go, you know, you just did that. Right. And I'll like try to look away and I'm like, ah, look at me. Look at me. I got you. You did it. (laughs) And I'll laugh. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we forget how to have fun with it. Oops, there I go doing that same old pattern again. I thought I was over that. Oh, well, and just be okay with it. Know that it's not the end of the world. Like, I don't know. I think that is a big, huge barrier for so many people, not just with each other, but with themselves. See, for me, I'm not good at that because I'm not used to, I'm not good at, like, to, like, like letting go and letting loose behind all that stuff. But I will say that I am very good at taking other people's perspective into consideration. And that's something that I, and I don't know if it's the big brother in me um, where I've always had to just kind of pay attention to everybody else in the room um, I don't know if it's like a life lesson that I just like learned over time. I don't know what it is, but for me, it's not that I care about what other people think. I just am all about everybody's comfortability. Hmm. I'm all about everybody's comfortability. I want to make sure that everyone is having as good of an experience as I am. And, um, Yeah. And I think that that's what it really boils down to for me. So I try to be very introspective because for me, it's really important to sit back and pay attention and look at what's going on and figure out ways to do it better next time. Um, And I don't know any other way to do it other than that. So like I said, I don't know that I'm doing it right all the time, but I know that I'm trying to, Hmm. and that's my thing. So I, like like I said, I'm I'm not lighthearted and in, in things like that. I'm actually very tightly wound behind it. But it's again because I really want to make sure that everyone's experience. Like I want to make sure that you are equally as happy in this relationship. I want to make sure that things mean a lot to you as well. Like do you see what I'm saying? Like I want to make sure that what you're learning from me is as fulfilling for you as it was for me, you know, and those things happen. So that's the reason why I go about doing that. Um, I don't care about being wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I'll be the first to admit being wrong. But if I know I'm right, I have no problem admitting it Um, (laughs) (laughs) and pointing it out consistently. No, No, but I just, I like, I, I like saying like, like I just like understand, but I like to use it as, a learning opportunity and sitting back and saying, like, look, did you notice that X, Y, and Z happened because of this situation? So like moving forward, let's just make sure that we do these things correctly. Like, you know, so then that we don't have to worry about that. Like, that's just where I'm at behind Mm -hmm. it. That means the most to me, but, um, I don't know. I would like to, I would like to think that other couples uh, are relishing in the, 
opportunity to learn from one another. I, I would hope. Yeah. I would hope. But I just don't think that's the default gear that most people are operating in, at least most of the people that I've met in this country. Hmm. I can't speak for everywhere else. Um, but to find enlightened people to find people who are just like genuinely honest with themselves to find people who i mean i've always told you this i don't care who a person is if they're telling the truth um i immediately respect them um so you can shoot from the hip even if i don't like you know the ammo that you're loading or the sound that it makes um the fact that it's your truth and it's coming like direct in a straight line um i can respect that but it's rare that I see that so often people are so much more worried about what they're supposed to do and, and it makes them less authentic. And I think what people need to realize is who you are, exactly who you are is what makes you so great. So being authentic is actually the coolest thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. That's part of the reason why I like, I have a lot of friendships that haven't, you know, lasted um, is because I am uh, I am uniquely me, and the people who are able to handle that are the people who stick around. But those that can't handle that are the ones that have gone uh, you know gone away over time. Mm-hmm. That's why I never cared about people telling me that I was uh, unapproachable or intimidating because I was like mm, the person I'm supposed to be with is going to see past all of that and be able to like make their way in to my heart and that will just be that um but i i feel like that's one of the things that i've always appreciated about you is that you've always kind of just told and and believed in your truth and uh i don't know that it's always translated easily like i don't know that it's always had like a time end or a space in our scenario like seamlessly Mm. (laughs) but we've always been open-minded to figure out how to like make each other's truths like dance with each other if you will or at least have space to coexist yeah because again i'm not trying to change you i would never change you i didn't marry you so that i could change you that's never been my goal but my goal is just for you to understand that this is your truth and how your truth could potentially affect us as a unit and whether or not it's worth standing firm in that truth or whether or not there's the possibility of it being flexible. Right. Um, cause I think that those are, that's a very, very important, but, um, I don't know. I do. I feel like the upgrades that we've experienced in this relationship has been worth it. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I don't think either one of us would still be here if it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Dan Savage always has his campsite rule, right? That leave says, it better. Yeah, leave a relationship better than you got into it. Mm. And I think, and I can say with the utmost confidence that, like, if you and I didn't last for whatever reason, that both of us would be able to walk away having learned a lot of really great lessons. I agree. And becoming better people because of it. Yeah. I mean, there was that time that we were split up with one another and I was living in Vegas and you were still in Florida. And, uh, I mean, we still talked every single day. Yeah. But I would say that some of the things that we learned and did with one another while being in the relationship kind of still translated to the way that we were conducting life 
separate from one another. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I remember you showing me your apartment and you were living with your brother at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think things that you would have not cared about before you were like caring about <laughs> at the time. You're like, he still hasn't unpacked and he's not doing this and he's not doing that. And your room was like all perfectly put together and like very nice and like calm. And you had bath towels and all of these things you got new rugs and all i I had the decorative towels yeah (laughs) you did things differently it was so funny and i was like oh my god he totally learned from me but just to clarify because i know my brother listened to this podcast i wasn't bitching about him (laughs) oh i I didn't say you weren't bitching i mean it it, It sounded like it a little bit i'm sorry it's not that you were bitching (laughs) i wasn't bitching i mean but let's be i was noticing the difference well let's just be honest though your brother will live in a place for like two years without unpacking fully or more, but I don't know that he does that anymore. I don't know. You said that like two years ago. No, it's true. No, it's true. He does. And he knows it. (laughs) Um, No, it wasn't bitching, but you, I think that you weren't bitching. You weren't complaining. I think you were just like, this is different than what I came from because I'm the person that like moves and like within 24 hours, everything has to be unpacked and put in its space. Like everything. Me too. And, um, you weren't, and, and you moved in with your brother who was like, I'll get around to it. (laughs) it And that was just a different experience for you. Well, it was so crazy because that wasn't how he used to be either. Yeah. He used to, he's the one who taught me that like you move in and like, you don't go to bed till you're completely unpacked. Sure. He's the one that taught me that. So it was just interesting. Anyway. Anyways. But yeah, no, I feel like the upgrades, um, like I said, have just been worth it and have been. Very well appreciated. And I look forward to even more. I agree. Awesome. Well, let's take a short break. Um, Okay. You want to go make out? (laughs) How about we just take a short break and we'll come back with some more fun for the listeners. I guess. Okay. (laughs) We'll be back. Hey, folks. It's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need a favor. Please stop what you're doing right this very moment and head to your podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast, and your reviews are the best way to make that happen. So, if you have two minutes, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, in case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationship better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks! We have arrived. Hola. (laughs) So we're back. Um, So one of the topics that I also wanted to talk about during this episode, or I guess both of us wanted to talk about, was we, um, gay Hollywood, right? So, of course, back in the days, like in the 50s and the 60s, when Hollywood was like at its prime, um, there was a lot by way of secrets, 20s to 40s more than 50s to 60s, but yeah. No, there was a lot going on during the 50s and 60s, like during the era of like Rock Hudson and things like that and James Dean and all that other stuff like that. That was the 50s and the 60s. And there was 
the idea of being gay in Hollywood was awful. Like it was not something that was a possibility. Like some of these actors were living these gay lives behind the scenes, but in what everyone, what the public was seeing was like a different version of it. Right. So they were arm in arm with, you know, some of the leading ladies in Hollywood and things like that, just to try to mask this idea of any of them being anything less than, manly and masculine and heterosexual well for the women too and i and i think it's so interesting i mean we'll get into this uh, lavender idea right this this whole business of the studio setting things up so that people looked like they were in relationships but what's interesting is the common formula throughout the time was people that they were in movies with which i think is just such a blatantly obvious promotion thing um, but back then, I don't think people really caught on. But it's like, oh, not only are they in a movie, they're dating. Or they met on set. Or they're dating in real life, and now they're in a film together. See the steam on the screen, you know, like, all that. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, but I think that there's a lot of uh, stuff that takes place by that in general. Because, you know, a lot of people shit where they eat, right? <laughs> a lot of that has, <laughs> like, you know, you spend months... You know, on set with a, a, a co-star, like you end up doing those things. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. But it's like, I don't know. I it's it's so crazy to me because like we're at a different time right now, right? Like we're in 2018, and I don't know that I feel personally that anything has really changed, and I still feel as though there are out and proud gay and lesbian actors out there that don't necessarily have the opportunity to be as openly gay as they want to be and still get to be leading men and or women for the public. Yeah, it's definitely true. The number is really low. Yeah, I mean, I know you have some history and things like that that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, so I've always believed that, like, if you don't know what happened before you were born, that means you will forever be a child. Um, and you need to know a little bit about your history. So not to get into a ton of stuff, but a lot of the names that you hear uh, and know um, were gay people, gay men, gay women. So unless I specifically say that someone said this themselves or it's absolutely been confirmed, then know that these are just rumors, Um, but they are um, pretty solid rumors. Mm. So Marlon Brando, um, who did in a 1976 interview uh, with a French journalist, did say, and I quote, um, like a large number of men, I too have had homosexual experiences and I am not ashamed. I have never paid much attention to what people think about me. So Marlon Brando, right, the, the manliest man, arguably, at least at the time, one of the top three, I would say for sure, um, was known to have homosexual relationships. And it was rumored that he had homosexual relationships with James Dean. He was actually supposed to be in an S&M sexual relationship with James Dean. Um, but also Cary Grant, Montgomery Clift. Uh, Clift was known to have many boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, in recorded sessions with her psychiatrist, Marilyn Monroe confirmed that she had sex with Joan Crawford and that it was this mind-blowing orgasm and that Joan Crawford came at her again and she turned her down. And then they talked about how that made Marilyn uh, Monroe upset when Joan sort of slighted her because she wouldn't have sex with her again. Hmm. Um, Monroe supposedly also said that she had sex with Elizabeth Taylor. Like wow. these are, yeah, these are like really known. I would known. love to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Catherine Hepburn and and um, Spencer Tracy, right? Supposedly, you know, 30, 35 years, whatever, of being together. Um, you know, they were, uh, it's been sort of, I won't say confirmed, but it's been strongly suggested that the studio put them together and that they were both openly gay in the rest of the Hollywood inner circles. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Greta Garbo with Billie Holiday um, and Marlene, uh, Marlene Dietrich. Um, you know, Rock Hudson, right? The one that everybody uh, sort of cites, right? The first um, celebrity, the first male celebrity who um, knowingly and openly died of AIDS, right? Yeah. I, so, I mean, of course, everyone knows that he was, a, you know, an American actor generally known for like being a leading man throughout the 1950s and 60s. He was like one of the first like heartthrobs on film. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been known that Rock Hudson within himself was like a like he was super gay um apparently so much so that everyone in hollywood knew about him being gay and then it was said that his agent henry wilson kept um his homosexuality and personal life out of the headlines um, apparently, in 1955, Confidential Magazine threatened to pub, uh, publish an expose about Rock Hudson's secret, like, homosexual life. Um, and in an effort to try to mask all of that, Wilson stalled the entire thing by disclosing information about two of his other clients. So it was so important to not make Rock Hudson gay in public that he sold out information about Rory Calhoun's years in prison and then the arrest of Tab Hunter at a 1950s party, um, which, by the way, Tab Hunter was also right. gay. Right. And so, like, do you see what I'm saying? So, like, it, like, it's just crazy that this happened. But it's so much so that apparently Rock Hudson's former co-stars, Elizabeth Taylor, Susan St. James, and even Carol Burnett, all admitted that they knew that he was gay. Yeah. But they were all seen at various points in time on his arm. Right. Like, it, like it's just absolutely incredible. It was a very normal... He even married Phyllis Gates. Right. Which was actually Wilson's secretary. And they put those two together so that there could be no rumors of him being gay. But then it was later found out that apparently Phyllis Gates was a lesbian. Right. And so, like, in an effort to try to, like, hide all of that, like, they, they tried to create this narrative to make sure that Rock Hudson, heartthrob, leading ladies man, was not a homosexual. And that's that's true of so many well-known men and women of the time. Like, again, I said earlier, Cary Grant, like, oh, my God. Like, people would have been just, it would have been the end of the world. Barbara Stanwyck uh, is, you know, it's unfortunate, the moniker, but it, she's she's Hollywood's biggest closeted lesbian. Um, she, she won tons of awards, um, including all kinds of lifetime achievement, number one, in all sorts of areas. Um, and even her second husband said that they didn't share a bed. You know, like it's just it's known Raymond Burr, um, you know, Perry Mason wow. um, had a th over a 30 year relationship with one of his male co-stars. And that co-star still runs the vineyard that they bought together in the 80s. That's crazy. Well, I mean, even heartthrobs like James Dean, like, I mean, we kind of hit on him a little bit. But like James Dean, he is forever known as like 
the biggest heartthrob. Like, everyone, like, wants to, like, live, not live life like James Dean, but, like, every rebel out there idolizes James Dean, right? He's everything. But it has been said there is arguments between whether or not he was bisexual or gay. Right. Like... Either or, like because, but there's a lot of reports out there that claims that James Dean apparently was bisexual in an effort to kind of get his fame to gay for pay. Correct. Right. There's been there's been quite a few who were rumored to be gay for pay. What's the guy from Gone with the Wind? Oh, uh, oh, why can I not think of his name right now? Um, But yes, him. He was he was known to be well. He was allegedly known to be. Gave for pay prior to that, and the reason that they switched directors midway through the film was because the director knew him from his gay for pay days, and then he eventually made it so that one of his friends became the director and kicked Clark the other Gable. One. Clark Gable, yeah, yeah that's I'm it. sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I sorry, I couldn't name. either. Yeah, um, um, but that's that's a big Hollywood story. You know, it's, there's this wonderful tell-all book. Like, if you just really want to get a, a, a sense of the the sociology behind all of it. Um, Scotty Bowers, who was like Hollywood pimp to the stars, um, he did a, a tell-all book called Full Service, My Adventures in Hollywood and the Secret Sex Lives of the Stars. Um, it's like the book uh, mm. to look at. And you'll see where there was like some of the people had over 150 same-sex encounters. like, And it's just so many of them. Uh, it was just, it was normal. It's, it was normal. Anthony Perkins, who played um why can i not think of his name right now in the movie uh oh, it's a wonderful life no why am i like i'm literally it um oh my god i'm drawing like such a blank right now because i am psycho he was in psycho oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. what was his name um why can i not think of his name right now i don't know this is crazy but anthony perkins was um, Norman Bates. Norman Bates. Oh, I was I'm like, like, what I are you talking could about? Could not think of what his name is. Yeah, but, but he Anthony, was known to be extremely picky and get tired of boys after a few encounters, and, and like is quoted as having said things about, "What do you got that's new for me? What do you have that'll interest me and is exciting?" Well, apparently Anthony Perkins had many relationships. He was with Stephen Sondheim, who, as we know, wrote a lot of like the plays that we have lo- like loved to these days. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with a lot of people. Apparently, he was with Tab Hunter at one point in time. He apparently got around so much so that his first actual heterosexual relationship was when he was 39 years old. And he ended up marrying a woman and having two kids after um, that entire situation. But apparently, Anthony Perkins was incredibly gay (laughs) yeah he was like incredibly gay and did it and again you know we'll go back and talk about tab hunter who was like super gay but he was like billed as this like southern california blonde hair blue eyes like absolutely perfect like little white boy wrapped up in this like little package of a of a man um and he you know was in like a bunch of a bunch of movies like and he was a heartthrob you know through the 50s and the 60s again known for his golden blonde california surfer boy looks he had his own television show and everything like that but he was like super gay super gay and ended up having like a husband that he like married and by the time he died um his husband ended up you know his husband um last name is glasser i can't think of his first name but he um you know like was still alive alan alan glasser 
And he ended up like having like their property and stuff like that. I think he ended up having like some sort of um, they had like a business together with one, and he ran it all the way until like uh, until he himself died, which is like absolutely crazy. So I wanted to bring all of this up and kind of talk about it because I wanted to know whether or not you think that Hollywood is different now. You know, it, to me, it's like any other business or enterprise that's on a national scale. Like, there's so much that goes into it that I firmly believe there will be those, like, contracts that can't be disclosed that specifically say you won't be out. Like, I'm sure those contracts exist and are very normal. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of money at stake. There's a lot of public opinion. There's a lot of opportunity right so there's tons of people who could become the next big thing but in order to do that you have to sacrifice certain things but why is being gay so terrible to one's career i honestly believe that the whole puritanical history of this country and what that means for desire and how marketable desire is i think you lose out on a ton of revenue if you can't lust after someone, and you can't lust after them if you know they're gay, but there's, unless you're so there's two people that I would like to bring up mm-hmm. and then try to get uh, try to get an understanding behind it: Prince mm-hmm. and David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Both of them were very genderqueer, right? And se- like they were very queer in everything. Like there was this element that like made like they dressed in women's clothing, they wore makeup, they appeared very gay. But women were obsessed with them. Women wanted to be a part of all of that and loved it. So why and how is it okay for them to be very fluid in their sexuality and appear as if you don't know at any point in time whether they were going to go after a man or a woman? That was okay. But then at the same time, you can't get the likes of Rock Hudson to like come out as a gay man because he would not be able to attract women. Neil Patrick Harris has made an entire career out of being a heterosexual actor, but have a full gay ass family, <laughs> you know, where he's like married and done that. Well, so, so how does that work? And who, and who is, who is capable of making that happen? So I, I bet. All right. So, well, the first part, right? So, Um, David Bowie and Prince were around and gaining fame when androgyny was the style at the time. It was the thing that people were going for. And so it became okay to do that. But even both of them, their relationships with women were very prominent, right? And if you look at the way they dressed and how they danced and who else they were paired with, they were paired with a lot of stereotypically straight uh, people um, at the time. So I think there was a marketing bit to sort of uh, sort of push that uh, around. And you can't really compare that to the same time period that we were talking about before because you're talking about the communism scare. You're talking about blacklists. You're talking about, you know, probably the time when religion was the least separated from uh, state um, in the modern era. Um, so I think it's not fair to look at those two sort of side by side, especially because one is sort of the, the, the pendulum swinging in the opposite direction as a reaction of that. Um, but then also Neil Patrick Harris, like I bet if you talk to him, there are things that he had to give up in his career to be as out and proud as he is. 
You know, I bet you that there's stuff he had to pass up on. Well, I mean, a lot of people talk about it all the time. Like, you know, uh, apparently a queer person is not capable of, you know, being uh, a superhero or a lead actor in like an action movie. Right. Because for whatever reason, the illusion of this gay person being strong and capable is not Right, but it's muscly men in spandex, so it's so funny. It's like weird, right? Because, again, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had an entire career wearing itty-bitties. Right. You know, and but for whatever reason, he is capable of doing it. Chris Hemsworth... You know, I, you know, is I would say a gay sex idol. You know, because a lot yeah. of a lot of gays watch Thor not because they like the plot, right? But they want to make sure they see a shirtless Chris Hemsworth at some point mm-hmm. in time, right? But like that is completely fine. But like you won't get the likes of Matt Bomber or uh, you know Cheyenne Jackson or any of these people like playing these gay actors playing. Like, I don't know, action heroes. Well, who was really it? Weird. What's the gentleman's name? Um, I can almost say his name. The one that played Spock. George Takai. No, 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 no. The, oh, the current oh, one. Oh, uh, Zachary Quinto. Yeah. I was like, it's a Q. Yeah. Zachary Quinto. So him. Remember when uh, Star Trek first came out and there were just rumors that he was gay? Mm-hmm. And then he was being photographed with the same guy at meals, but it was just rumored that he he didn't come out right away, and he probably wouldn't have been able to and had gotten that role once he was in that role. And I bet you, if and I'm not picking on him, I'm just answering the question about Hollywood. I bet you, if we laid it out on a timeline, the date of signing a contract for more Star Trek movies and when he publicly came out, I bet you one clearly comes before the other. Well, I'm sure, and I, it's like the Janelle Monae Tessa Thompson situation going on right now, right? Like everyone speculated that Janelle Monae was a lesbian when she first came out because she came out like suits ablazing, like the girl was wearing like tuxedos like Mm -hmm. that was her look right and everyone was like who is she what is she what's happening why is she doing this and then you know she and tessa thompson started hanging out with one another more frequently and the next thing you know they're doing music videos together and they're seen together and then finally janelle monet comes out and says that she's pansexual and then tessa comes out as bisexual like weeks later right Mm -hmm. and so it is one of those things that's just like bizarre to me because I guess I just don't know that I understand why they can't have the careers that they're supposed to have. There are a lot, and we're not going to give names, but there are a lot of celebrities out there that there are rumors that they're gay, right? And plenty that have later come out as gay. Correct. There are plenty of rumors out there. And I guess I just don't understand why we fucking care as much as we do like they're capable like being an actor is all about being somebody else right and the best actors are the people that are capable of taking you into this world in which they are drug addicts or villains or politicians or superheroes or or politicians and stuff like that too so why the fuck does it matter who they go to bed with at night why does that have to determine what they're capable of doing on screen like i don't care i mean i I guess care i guess for me like so it's still in some circles considered to be brave to play gay right 
And people get awards all the time. Straight people get awards all the time for their performance portraying someone who's gay. And it's still like there was a time when you couldn't do it. There was a time later after that where it was super risky. And now I imagine it's still pretty risky for new people, established people, maybe less so. Right. But but I think the reason for that and to answer your question is we're not talking about gay rights. We're not talking about gay perception. We're talking about commodities. We're talking about selling things. We're talking about people as stuff. Um, and that's what it is. That's truly what it is. You have to package this person in this way to make the most money possible and to invest in their career. And that's why they have agents who make the decisions for them because they understand how the game... It's like politics. It really is. It's about popularity and what is it? Optics. Well, I guess I just wonder... Because like Will Smith played a gay man and had, still went on to have a very successful career. Like, and it's, and no one has ever thought twice about it. Like, do so you did Tom that, Hanks, but was it his first role? It was early in his career. Early in his career, but not his career. first role. Not his first role, but he still played a gay character. It's just like, like I said, like, I guess I just don't know that I understand where it all comes out. Cause like I said, they, they play these, these characters and they do things and it is, you know, one of those things that everyone's like, mm, you don't want to play gay because then you'll be typecast as a gay right. character, you know, kind of thing like that. But like they did it and they were, I guess I just want to know where the threshold is. Like, where do we stop holding that to their career and we just start understanding that they're an actor. There's somebody that's supposed to be doing that. I guess I'm I just not, don't get it. I'm not in that business, so I don't know the answer, but I'm guessing my sense is that it's somewhere right around the beginning of the big screen. The little screen, not so much. But I, but again, I don't know that I know th- that I believe that that is I'm just true. guessing. I'm saying somewhere around there. Because again, Will Smith's, his movies were like, when he played a gay man, it was a movie. It wasn't small screen. It, it was a right. Was no, a no. Movie. I'm saying like like you have already made the transition to the big screen at this point, and you have established yourself as a whatever. Mm. So now there are certain risks that you can take. But like Neil Patrick Harris, right? So since he came out, he's been on the big screen in an important big role once. In Gone Girl, has he been on since then? I mean, I would have to actually look. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't follow his career as closely, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. He's but, he has, tons, but he's he has had, a network television game well, he has, show. He has network television. He hosted the Tonys. Like, I mean, he has tons of great well, accolades. Like, I'm not saying right, <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. To me, it's about it's about your marketability. Again, I bet you if there if there's a memoir, if he ever writes his memoir, there'll be some chapter in there about the turning point in his career where he decided that being gay was more important than getting big roles. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that, I think that that's why a lot of the and I can't speak for all of them, but I, isn't that like why a lot of these uh actors end up coming out is because they say that like it was more like i have way too many fans i have way too many people that look up to me that like it it was more important to 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 live in my truth than it you know and be able to be uh, a voice for those that needed to hear it than it was for me to like make all this money and i'm sure like i i 100 believe that but i guess i just for me, like it's 2018. We live in a time in which gay is so normal, right? It's not so. I don't know. I I think 
your question of why do people have to be in the closet in Hollywood, why do some people still hate gay people? Like, it's the same thing. I can understand ignorance a lot more than anything else. I understand. I understand living in small town bumfuck USA in the middle of the country that doesn't necessarily have, like, uh, experience with black people, gay people, people of color, of any sort. We live in New York City. You're going to tell me you've never heard anything homophobic? I have, but I believe that that's, again, more... Because New York City within itself is such a melting pot of, like, different cultures that I believe that the homophobia comes more from um, different cultures not necessarily accepting gay because that's what they've understood for X amount of time. I don't know that I believe that, like... And again, this might be naivete, but I don't know that... Or ignorance. I don't know that I believe that average everyday Americans that live in New York City are spewing as much because they know that they will get pounced on because sweetie you probably work with an openly gay person in your workplace and it's normal so if you want to be you know homophobic in your workplace you're gonna get shut down because that gay person is probably your boss or that gay person do you see what i'm saying but i think things happen but i think your your response is very illuminating it's not that they don't have those thoughts it's that they've learned to keep their mouth shut well we also live in a day we also live at a time where our fucking commander-in-chief is making it okay to be loud about your ignorance right like it's completely okay you know we lived in the era of of obama where a black man was in office so being racist didn't necessarily have a place because you could always point back to the fact that your your commander-in-chief is a black man you know but now that we have this openly racist human being that is making it okay for other racist or bigoted people to to spew their hate we live at a time where people are like doing it you know there was a man that was just arrested and charged with hate crimes because this woman who was like at a park and like doing her own thing had like a puerto rican flag on her shirt and this racist white man decided that it was okay to harass her for wearing a Puerto Rican flag on her shirt because she's in America and should not be doing that. Little does he know Puerto Rico is an American territory. <laughs> not to mention the fact that in the same video, there was a white cop that did not stop the white man from assaulting the woman and harassing her. So not only did he lose his job, but now the white man is being arrested behind it. But he felt so empowered as a white man to harass this Puerto Rican woman in front of a white cop because that is just what he believes to be true. That's the reality that he knows. I can do it because why wouldn't I do it? My fucking president does it on a frequent basis, right? He talks about how stupid the Puerto Ricans are and that they should be getting themselves out of this disaster that they were in because it's been far too long, even without the aid of the United States of America. So we live in this time period in which it's it's normal. That's why I told you when we got married, like... I want you to be scared because you are now married to a black man. 
this black man is now yours. Like you bear everything that I bear <laughs> at this point. And the fear of me not coming home one day because somebody doesn't like me because of my skin color is now a fear that should be very real to you because it's the reality of the country that we live in, the, the times that we live in, the people that we interact with on a daily basis. So you need to know and understand that. So I say all the... But all, so I think that answers your own question. What makes you think the machine that's at work in Hollywood is any different? Well, I feel like, again, you're right. That's a very, very good question. I, I just feel like, I guess I have never gone to a movie to and watched it based off of a person's sexual orientation. I've gone based off of the story. And I thought that other people did that. But there's even a, there's, there's even an, there's a big long series of assumptions that you skip over. Like the fact that the movie even got to get in the theater in the first place. Well, so then my question is, so we're saying that realistically the homophobia is happening behind the scenes and not from the people. Correct. That's very interesting to me. The people with the money, either are homophobic themselves, not everyone, and I hate to generalize, but if we're answering a question as to what is at play, what forces are working against um, being openly gay, part of it is the people themselves are homophobic. Part of it is that they're gay, but they don't get to be out, so why does anybody else? And part of it is they truly understand how best to make money in this situation. And unfortunately, for a long time in this I would say on this planet, the way to make the most money is to sell as much of yourself as you possibly can. Well, I don't. So I agree to you. I agree with you to a certain extent, but my only argument would be Ellen DeGeneres. So Ellen DeGeneres is a unicorn is, (laughs) is a unicorn. She's fantastic. Right. But here's my thing is she speaks to, a middle America audience, right? Because these are some of the housewives that are staying home and watching daytime television. And there's a talk show that goes on. And she's a very openly lesbian human being. Is she though? Yeah, she's 100% she's, open. She's open. Is she very open? Like again, if you sat down with her and you said, what things are you not allowed to do oh, around she- your being a lesbian? So can she be a sexual being? Or is she just a lesbian because it's cute and she's married and that's it? Oh, can she be sexualized? Can I she... don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying I there's she's... probably limitations to that. I too. think she's very openly. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres does not go on television wearing a dress. She wears boy clothes, mm-hmm. right? So she's she has a boy haircut. Mm-hmm. She openly talks about she and Portia on a frequent basis. Like everything that she does is talks about like anytime she's talking about like things that have happened in her life or like oh the other day Portia and I were sitting on the couch watching you know, TV, blah, 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 blah. Like, she talks about it. Like, she's very open about who she is as a lesbian woman. Like, there's no qual. Like, I don't think that anyone is confused about no, whether or not that, that she's, she's a lesbian no, woman. No, I definitely think she's her own. She's she's unique. She's, a, she's her own brand. She is a unicorn. 
Uh, I think that she does make a lot of headway. I think I think we're making a lot of headway. I think that the, we are dispelling a lot of things. I think it's really great. But when you look at the actual statistics, I think it was last episode I was talking about the percentage of gay relationships in Hollywood and on television the, over the past year, right? So lots of organizations look at this. I think I quoted Glad, right? Mm. Um, and... Like, that's great that you can think of one example that is against all these other things. But why can you only think of one example that's against these things? Well, I can't think of just one. I can think of multiple. That's why I was a little confused by that statistic, because I was like, I feel like gays have made a tremendous headway, at least over the past five to ten years, because I think that there's sure. more visibility. Sure. Like, I think it's there's crazy still a ways to go. there's a lot of people that no longer have to hide in the shadows of their gaydom. Like, they're able to be out and proud gay people. Neil Patrick Harris has made no... He's not hiding the fact that he mm-hmm. is married to David Burka. He is mm-hmm. very public about it. And he's still booking heterosexual roles. I think How I Met Your Mother is a very, like, it's, like, deemed one of the, like, most important and or popular primetime television comedies, like, in history. Like, right after, like, the likes of Friends. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it was very, very public mm-hmm. and, like, was around for, like, a decade, if I remember correctly, I never watched it, but I don't, I don't know. So like, I like he was very, and he was a like womanizer on it. His character mm-hmm. was very, very heterosexual, but everyone knew that he was a gay man, and it, and it was very public, and, and and it was like one of those things that, that I don't was know about there. that because didn't he meet his husband on that set? Yeah, but he was gay before he even got the role. Well, I mean, he was gay when he was born. Correct. <laughs> but he was gay. His his heteros, his homosexuality was public before the show even came about. Was it? Yeah. And, yeah. And he and David Burka met one another on the set. And then that's where the marriage and then the children and all this stuff. But there was enough of a time span for the show to happen before that happened. So, again, I think that that's just one of those things that's like just mind boggling to me. You know, Matt Bomber was very, very gay and known to be gay. And then he was on I always get the shows wrong, but I want to say it's called White collar nope white collar was the one that Meghan markle was on um but the show that he was on um was very again he just played a, a heterosexual character slightly womanizing he didn't necessarily have a ton yeah no he was on white collar i was right um he was a heterosexual m- m- character but he was a very well-known gay man he has four kids like everyone knew that he was a gay man playing mm-hmm. this heterosexual man. And so it's there again. We have the likes of Ellen DeGeneres that is on TV right now. We have all these people, this exposure, these, these, you know, homosexual people that are out there giving such visibility. And for whatever reason, it seems as though it's not accounting for much of anything. And it's mm-hmm. just really, really confusing to me. And I don't know that I understand why Hollywood has not um, changed the narrative. Yeah, I mean, you're in the middle of a revolution. Things are going to get blurred. Um, But we're not at the other side. Yeah, I mean, so Nico Tortorella, who used to have a... uh, He's on um, Younger, and he used to have a podcast called The Love Bomb. It's no longer around anymore. 
Nico, if you hear this, I'm very, very sad by it because I loved the show. Um, but he, you know, came out as very gender fluid. He kind of started confusing me over the time period because there was this like, I don't know. He was just doing a lot of things that I, I felt were not a part of his actual narrative that I felt like he needed to do it according to like being a part of the community. But that's just my personal opinion. I, and again, no disrespect to Nico because I love him. I like him as an actor. I like him as a person. I think that he's doing a lot of great things for the narrative, but if he's gender fluid, is it appropriate to say he, well, not that he's, I think he was sexually fluid. I'm sorry. I said gender fluid. I meant sexual fluid, sexually fluid. Um, so he started doing a lot of things and then he like married a woman, but then he still dresses in drag every once in a while and does all these things like that. So I think that there's a lot of like, for me, confusion behind it. I I'm sure he has it under control, but me as an outsider, I'm paying attention to, but he used to ask this question on the show every single time to every single guest that was on the show where he would ask them like, do you think that I'm doing myself a disservice by being open about my sexuality? Because he would bring on guys that he used to sleep with and or date Kyle Krieger, who was an amazing um, hairstylist that lives in Los Angeles, very prominent on Instagram. Um, He is an amazing person. He had Kyle Krieger on and like come to find out the two of them had been like dating one another at some point in time. And it was kind of like this really like weird breakup. And so he would ask them all the time, like, do you think I'm doing the myself, my career a disservice by coming out as queer? And, you know, people would have to answer it like, yeah, I feel like it's your truth. So you should be doing it. But at the same time, you can't expect for Hollywood to not react in a certain mm-hmm. way because yeah. you know there is this aspect behind it a- and I just always felt like that was very bizarre like I guess I just never understood it because again as an actor your goal Charlize Theron had to play you know a, a serial killer in Monster mm-hmm. right she's not a serial killer she's playing Eileen Warnos like she's playing a character so a gay actor should be able to play heterosexual, right? Should. I, I, I don't know it's wrong. I mean, I don't know that Adam, I mean, Adam Rippon's not an actor. But I say that because he's, I say Adam Rippon because he's fabulously queenie, right? But like, I don't know that he's going to be able to play a womanizer, you know, like a, a, a a womanizer or anything like that because I just don't know how believable that is but at the same time why not David Bowie was capable of wearing makeup and tight ass pants that showed his junk at every you know camera turn um you know Prince was like literally out there singing in falsetto and you know wearing you know all kinds of like satin and suede and and all kinds of things that did not necessarily translate to a modern masculinity. Correct. Right. But women, and he had a perm and, (laughs) or a relaxer, if you will. And women loved it. Women were going for it. It like, it rocked their worlds, you know? And so I guess I just don't know if I understand why Hollywood is where it's at right now. You know, I don't think I do either. It's just bizarre, but I I hope we can get to a time in which um, you're not defined by your sexuality, but you're defined by your talent. I think we will. Hopefully. 
fingers crossed, eyes crossed, toes crossed. Maybe we'll get there one day. Here's hoping. Mm. Well, what do you say we take a short break? I say that's a good idea. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we will be back with some uh, listener situations for that ass. Hey, everyone. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to listen to our podcast and for allowing us to be a part of your Wednesdays. If you love relationship, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship for even more relationship content and information. And if you have any relationship questions or topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your questions on air and do our very best to share our thoughts and offer guidance based on our very own experiences. Please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and give us a great review. Your support is much appreciated, and from the bottom of both of our hearts, we want to thank you. Now, let's get back to the show. And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our very best to give some guidance because I'm good on any MLK Boulevard. We good. That was kind of good. <laughs> I said we good. I know, right? <laughs> Good job. I'm proud. Oh, uh, so um, our first uh, email. Um, oh, it's kind of short. Uh, it says, um, I don't want to say much about who I am, and when I ask my question, you'll know why. Okay. Um, I'm gay, but I've never come out to anyone. Oh, that would be the reason why it's so short. I want to, but I'm afraid. What should I do? Come out. He, they yeah, want, he or they she, this to... this person wants to come out, um, but has never come out to anyone and is afraid. So it's totally understandable to be afraid. It is a scary, uh, life-changing thing. I can tell you that um, you will survive it, and it will make things so much better. Um, I can't say that everyone should come out right now and shake your whatevers and, you know, uh, make a big deal out of it because I would love for that to be true and possible. And I do think that things are getting so much better. I think that people are coming out much younger. They're being supported. Um, but the f- I'm just guessing here, but the fact that you're afraid to come out or to disclose any details makes me think that you are young and still beholden on other people for basic things like food and shelter. Um, and it can be really hard to come out and lose those things. Um, and then the things that you might have to do as a result of that, like I, I, I get it. I totally get it. So I would say that if you, if it makes sense, if you can be safe in doing it, you absolutely should. I think that there are things you can do to test the waters. I think you should trust your gut and know that if now is not the time, that it's not safe, that you will lose too much, that that's okay. That doesn't mean you're not a brave person. And in fact, it means you are a very smart person. 
Um, I don't know what I would have done if I had gotten kicked out of my home. Um, mm. You know, I I know that when it was discovered that I might have some inklings, uh, it was one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. Um, and shortly thereafter, I left. Um, and so I get, I get the fear. I totally get it. Now, if you are established, if you are safe, if you are self-sufficient, um, then I say, be your authentic self. Be scared. Take that step. Um, you know, we've had, we had someone before who kind of had a similar uh, situation. Um, and what we talked about was looking at where you live um, and looking at what you can do to change where you live if where you live is not a gay-friendly place. Um, so if you're really young, can you work hard and get a bunch of side hustles and, you know, just really save until you can go somewhere that's a little bit more supportive of who you truly are? Um, and if you can't, are you sure that where you are, like statistically speaking, you're not the only gay person? So are you sure that where you are doesn't have anything that can support you? You didn't give us a ton of information, but do you have any friends that you think would be supportive? Um, I know for me, like when I was struggling with this, um, I went online and I found groups of people that I could chat with. And like we didn't have like the Internet wasn't what it was today. Like I literally had text based conversations with people that I knew nothing about. It wasn't like now where I could listen to a podcast like this and go follow hashtag gay relationship goals. It wasn't like I could go on to some social media site that is specifically for gay youth. You know, it wasn't like I could look up gay resources in my area. And that was a normal question to ask the operator, right? Which we don't even have operators anymore. We just do internet searches. But so in th in that time, I was still able to find community and to survive until a time when I could build something more, uh, something real. So I would say look for those um, and just know that if nothing else, you have family here on this show. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it is Dan Savage that said it, but it may be RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Um, but the one thing that they've always said about coming out is just do it safely. Yeah. Do it safely. So if you're able to do it and, you know, your safety is not at risk or you're not, you know, uh, in a position in which um, you could be harmed or thrown out on Homeless, the streets yeah. or, home or anything like that, then do it safely. Um, if you are running the risk of doing that, then I would say prepare yourself. Um, so I just get yourself in a position in which you are able to take care of yourself to Tony's point. You have friends or a backup plan, uh, or, or something like that, that can get you, uh, in a safe place for an extended period of time until you're able to figure everything out. You know, if you're living at home with your mom and dad and you, uh, or your parents in any way shape or form or grandparents. Uh, or grandparents or anything like that like get yourself in a place to where you have clothing you have shelter or anything like that that you could depend on i would say um find some friends that you can depend on that you could talk to about this and know that you have 
uh, somebody to rely on, uh, you know, in the midst of all this. But at the end of the day, you just need to do it. Um, you just need to do it. You will come to realize one of the most amazing things about being an open gay man um, is that I honestly could give two fucks about what anybody else thinks about <laughs> me from there on, right? I am a black gay man. I have two strikes against me already. Like, so at the end of the day, um, me being who I am is not defined by what anybody else has to say about it. I am living life on the edge every single day. Um, and so you want to just get yourself to a point where you can feel that confidence and you will not feel it if you're in the closet. So safely find yourself in a way that you can do it. And then once that happens, then I would just say, do it, brace yourself for sudden impact because it is going to come. And then, um, no one understand that you have an outlet that does not consist of, um, caring what your family thinks. Um, but know that you are lovely. You are special. You are amazing. And nothing that they are going to say defines who you are as a human being. Um, and now you have an amazing opportunity to, um, I don't know, write your own story that does not consist of the narrative that they've written for you. Um, so we love you and we support you. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just challenge you to be you. There you go. All right. Our second one. Um, hi, Marco and Tony. My name is Kyle. Hi, Kyle. And I live in a popular city in a large state on the West coast. I am a single gay man and I am 26 years old. I am writing to you because my 27th birthday is coming up and I am not in a relationship. I have no potentials. I am living with two other people. My job is just okay. And I don't have any hope for any of those situations getting better. Okay. I always thought I'd have a long-term boyfriend by now and that I'd be living on my own and preparing for marriage or something by the time I turned 30. Things aren't looking that way for me and I just don't know what to do. How do I get myself out there so that I can accomplish these dreams I've set for myself? Have I piled too much onto my plate? Is it realistic to accomplish all this by 30? How did you guys manage your lives and get to where you are now? I appreciate your help. I listen every week and I'm a huge fan of your perspectives. Thanks for everything, Kyle. Well, Kyle, um, let's start with, I think the first part of your email that struck me was, um, I don't have any hope for any of those situations getting better. Why not? Why don't you have hope? Those all sound like you said, um, living with people, job is just okay, and you're single. And those all sound like things you have control over. Um, so I don't know why you wouldn't have hope for those things getting better. If the reason that you have to live with two people is because the place you're living is too expensive, then move. If Well, yeah. If, if your job is just okay and you want something different, then get a better one. You have control over that. If you're fine with your job being just okay, then then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with living with people. There's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with um, having a job that's just okay. Like, that's fine. But it sounds like that's not what you want um, because you say, I have no hope of those getting any better. You have control over all those things. Um, so, you know, the job, look at your resume. 
look at what you're interested in and figure out how to bridge the gap. Do you need more training or skills in another area in order to get the job that you actually like? Do you like your career and it's just this particular position that's not great? Like, There's all kinds of things you can do. Expand your horizons beyond your neighborhood. Look statewide. Look nationwide. Um, you know, and again, if there's extra training or experience that you need, like you'd be amazed at how much having experience in a volunteer position still translate to paid positions. Um, so lots of things that you could do in a volunteer position can make you more marketable in your own career. Um, you also said that you always thought you'd have a long-term boyfriend and being prepared for marriage when you turn 30. Arbitrary numbers are so dangerous. There is no one putting that pressure on you but yourself. Um, Marco and I happened to meet when we were much younger, um, but that doesn't mean that you have to or will or should. There's no milestone that says, you know, you should do this by this age or blah, blah, blah. And those things used to exist. They did. Um, but people also lived to be about 65 or 70 then, and they're living to be over 100 now. So those numbers need to be adjusted. Um, so how do I get myself out there so I can accomplish these dreams I've set for myself? You know, we've talked about this before about how sometimes going out for things that aren't related to a relationship is the best way to get in a relationship. Uh, so again, if it's your career, um, then going to things that will advance your career, you might meet someone there. Go to things that you're interested in that have nothing to do with dating. Like if you like movies, if you like um, drawing and painting, if you like the symphony, if you like plays, like whatever it is. You said you live in a you know popular city, um, so you probably have access to a variety of things. You know we've plugged this before. Meetup.com is probably the best thing out there. Uh, it's incredible. Um, so you can find like-minded people, and even if you don't go to a same-sex specific meetup group. Lots of people got gay friends. <laughs> mm. Lots of people got gay friends that are single. Um, your last question, the last part of your question was, how did we manage our lives to get where we are? You know, we um, we just did. Like, I don't, I don't know how, maybe when Marco responds, he'll have something better uh, in terms of an answer than I do for that. But we just did. Like, we got up every day and we went to work. And if we didn't like something, we made efforts to change it. Um, you know, if we wanted to move, we moved. If we wanted to save, we saved. If we didn't like our friends, we went out and we tried to find more. Um, like it's, it sounds simple, but like, just get up and do it. Like, how long have you been feeling this way? And, and what have you like concretely, like just map it out. Like, what have you concretely done differently? Um, and I bet, and this is not a, a jab at you, but I bet you the answer is not very much. Um, because you'd be amazed at how much can change when you make effort. Um, so get out there, uh, go to a, a thing that you're interested in, look up, uh, the events in your area. Again, if you're in a popular city, meetups, not the only place, you know, Eventbrite has stuff. There's lots of websites that have all kinds of things. Look for an event and look for something that's interesting to you that you've never done before, because that'll put you in a really interesting mind frame. Uh, and you may talk to people you would never talk to otherwise, um, so I would say just throw a wider net. That's the, that's the sense I get from this, um, email is that you've built a small enclave. Um, and maybe it's time, maybe you're like one of those hermit crabs that needs to get out of their shell and get a bigger one. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's a lot simpler than that. Hmm. I, like, I, I think it's a ton simpler than that. Like, I think for one, the fact 
of the matter is that, I mean, you know, kind of to disagree with you a little bit, it's so much easier to look on the outside and tell people what they should do, right? Or what they could do to make their situations better. Moving is not just that simple, right? It's not as simple as being like, oh, just move, move to a different place or, or, or do all those things. There's a lot that's going on behind that. My question is, are you doing a good job of saving and setting yourself up, yourself up for your future goals? That would be my first question. If you have these future goals, what are you doing to get yourself there? Mm. That would be my first question. Um, because again, it may be saving. It may be, you know, like figuring out what you can do for, like within three years, two years, whatever your date is um, to make those things happen. Um, you brought up a very good point where like these number goals, these like time line ticks are like super arbitrary and very 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 dangerous dangerous you know? yeah it's so terrible like 30 doesn't mean anything it means zero it means 30 it means 30 and realistically i've got to be completely honest with you if you met the man of your dreams tomorrow by the time you got 30 you would still not be prepared for marriage it's just not something that's going to happen, especially when we all know that the first year of dating is like a honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Second year of, of dating is like uh, the reality of the situation. You got to figure out whether or not you really like the person that you're with and you want to proceed. And by the time you get to the third year of marriage, you're just actually getting settled into your routine as a couple. So you're not going to be ready to marry anybody for at least another two to three years anyway. So that's going to bring you to about 34 ish before you're even actually ready 33 34 before you're even actually ready so get get over yourself um <laughs> you know so, and that's just the fact of the matter um but beyond that i would just say uh what's wrong with just being what's wrong with just being who you are being self-confident in what's going on with it. I hear a lot of lack of confidence is what I really hear in this email is mm. that you feel like you have to be defined by a relationship or a person to be able to make everything make sense in your life. Mm. False. It's not true. Like being by yourself and being confident in who you are by yourself is a lot stronger and a lot more, I don't know, worthwhile than being defined by the person that you're with just because you're with somebody doesn't mean you have it all that's why divorce rates are as high mm. as they are right now so that doesn't mean that you have everything you are in such a good place because now you have the man of your dreams fuck that noise you should be happy in life because you are happy with who you are and that should be the beginning and end of it so i just feel like you need to get over all of that um, and then just watch and see what ends up happening when you stop putting so much weight behind defining yourself based on someone else being with someone else. It, it just doesn't exist. So I would challenge you to fuck everything that it is that you think that you know and just work on you. To Tony's point, work on your profession work on being good at your job, work on getting yourself to where it is that you need to be professionally and then work on your social life. Who are their friends? Like, are there friends that you could reconnect with? 
ways that you can get yourself involved with your community, ways that you can get to know other people that make life more meaningful in that capacity. And then beyond that, work on your life. Like if you don't want to be living with other people, which I think is a fair goal, like work on what is necessary to make that happen. Work on all of the other ways that you can round out your life and make things special and and or important. Um, but don't define your life and where it begins slash ends based off of the fact that you have somebody that you can call bay for a period of time. Like that's just not normal. Um, so you'll be okay. And I would just challenge you to figure it all out. Tony and I did not figure it out. It wasn't until what a year ago that we were actually like, I think we're finally good in life. Mm -hmm. It was true. It was like, and we've been together almost a decade. Yeah. It was a year ago where we were like, Oh, I got this. Like we've, fucking got life figured out a little bit like a little bit you know and we're still trying to figure it out we still are getting rid of friends we are still getting settled in our job we are still decorating our apartment to where we want it to be we are still trying to figure out how to manage our budget and and how we can go to weddings see family spend on ourselves, get the dog's shots, like take care of everything that we need to do. We are still trying to figure life out. And that is to Tony's point, after a decade of being together and almost two years of being married to one another, like it is still not figured out and it takes some time. We're finally happy with our careers. Finally happy with our careers. We are not thrilled with our living situation, but we finally fallen in love and gotten comfortable with our living situation we have the dog and the cat but now they're getting up in age and we're gonna have to prepare for the next phase of life and what that means right we're like finally figuring shit out but it's still not a whole ass picture it is piece by piece coming together and it's always going to feel like that. I was going to say, I don't know that the goal is ever to not feel that way. It's always going to feel like that. Wouldn't it be boring if it wasn't? I, you can't have things figured out all the time. Yeah. You just can't. I, that would get dull. Mm. I would seek out challenges then. 100%. So I think that it's lovely and it's adorable that you think that we have it figured out. But I'm here to tell you. This is a relationship exclusive. We don't. Definitely not. We do not have it figured out. We are still trying to figure life out every single day like the rest of the world. Um, And I will tell you this right now. I love my husband and being with him means the most to me. But I am not defined by my relationship with Tony. I am just not. He is an amazing human being and he adds a lot of value to my life. But... He is not all that I have to offer the world. And I will accomplish what I need to accomplish with or without him. And I hope it's alongside him. But there are going to be times when it's not going to include him. And I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean that I'm less of a human being because he is not right there doing it alongside me. Because some of the projects in life that I want to accomplish don't include my husband. Some of it is me trying to do for me and what I need to do for me. Um, So again, I am rambling at this point, but I would definitely say um, try not to define 
life by having a partner and being married and having the 2.5 kids and a white picket fence house and all of this other stuff like that going on, you know, in life. That That's not how life is defined. Life is defined by how you decide to make it. And that's the beginning and end of that. Okay. We're going to take one last break. And we will be back very, very shortly. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Tell everyone you know how good our show is. <laughs> you can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And if you're in the New York City area, please don't forget to join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. And remember to clean up your shit. 